hello, 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 and welcome to Mixed Emotions Podcast. I'm Anne McCormack. And I'm James McCormack. James McCormack, how are you doing today? I'm okay. What do you mean, okay? You know, uh, it's that cold time of year where, you know, everybody's going inside, the sun is setting, Mm -hmm. and... It is like if you go to work, mm-hmm. you get back home from work and you have like an hour of sunlight. Yeah. And with my job specifically working in that theater. Yeah. I get out and I'm like, was I in a dungeon all day? You feel like a cave troll emerging <laughs> emerging from like the depths and you're like, where's my iced coffee? You know, like <laughs> it's just like that mixed with like waiting for the next creative gig, yeah. waiting to have something that's substantial. So it's like a, it's a weird time. I feel like I'm in, in this like kind of. It's a transitional time. Transitional time. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, in general, good. Good. You know, I'm alive. I'm here. Right. I got, I have all my limbs, you know, I'm. Yeah. I'm here. How about you? I'm okay as well. Okay. Just okay. Just okay. I'm also in a transitional period. You know, I'm having good days, emotional days, happy days, yeah. sad days. I'm going through a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, you're, you're really like, you're, you're. I'm dancing. I know around you're it. dancing around it. Here she's, she's smiling. She's going good days and bad days, sad days. I'm going through a breakup. <laughs> and it's like I was, I was, I was nodding my head. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how it is. It's like some days you feel like everything is cool, and then the next tough. and then the next day you're like, oh crap! Like I'm really sad. I wish I could see that person, but you know, they say time heals everything. Saying, yeah, oh, thank yes. you, oh, thank you. So. We'll see. But you look good. Well, that's because I my cortisol levels are through the roof, so it works as an appetite suppressant, and I haven't been eating. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, that's not good. Like after you go up through a breakup and you have stress weight that you lost, and people are like, you look snatched. Yeah, it's like, like the worst. Like, oh, my God, you look so great. I'm like, I do not feel great. I actually wish I could eat like an enormous slice of pizza right now, but I can't <laughs> stomach it. But give me a couple of weeks and hopefully i'll be back to stuffing my face i'll be there waiting with that domino's pizza (laughs) i'll be there i'll be there what what is that from look over your shoulder honey Ooh. well it's either michael jackson or mariah carey's version that she did in concert for mtv oh it was probably vh1 remember yeah no, you no, don't I remember. Don't, you have no remember. idea. Don't lie. lie. Don't pretend. <laughs> like, yeah. So we are very, 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 very lucky today. Today we have an amazing, amazing guest in the studio. Probably one of the best voices I've ever heard. Her name is Mimi Hilaire. And if you don't know her, you should know her because she is incredible. We work together. Yes. Let's give a round of applause. Yeah. Mimi Hilaire. Please stop, And she's, please. she sings everything. She sings classical music she sings jazz she has a band mimi and the pod brothers she's just like a sought after performer entertainer just gorgeous so mimi welcomes the mixed emotions podcast Welcome. how you doing i am freaking okay, Wendy. fantastic <laughs> <laughs> what are you I can say what I want to say. Yes, you can. Thank you, Mimi. So tell us, how are you doing? Tell us about you. 
Well, I'm fine. I'm fantastic. I am just, whoa. You know, <laughs> you ever just think about your life and just go, oh my God. Yes, you're trying to encapsulate it. It's like you can't. Yes, I'm just like, oh wow. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where you're. (laughs) In what way? Like, what do you think? What aspects of your life send you into that space? And tell us in the style of Benjamin Buttons. (laughs) I could not do that because I all I know about the movie is that Brad Pitt was in it. And Brad Pitt was... And Taraji P. Henson. Attractive. Oh, and Taraji was in it. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. Oh, wasn't... Okay, now I remember someone explained to me that somehow she was taking care of Benjamin Button. Yeah. Which... Mm-hmm. Can we get black people to stop doing that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I can't remember if she finds him in a basket or something. What, yeah. Was she, I think he was at... He, so he's, he's he's got the well as Kanye would say that he's got that Benjamin Button shit which is <laughs> aging backwards. Remember he, he did, uh, yeah, Kanye yeah. was on the cover of a magazine and he they had de-aged him so much that he was like it looks like I have that Benjamin Button shit because <laughs> he, he was aging backwards. But so she finds wow. I think Taraji's character finds him on a doorstep because you know he looks like old man baby. So his mother was horrified. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's really oh. fine. <laughs> so back to Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your non Benjamin Button life. Well, tell us about your it life must in music. The uh, Benjamin Button ish life. Okay. Um, because sometimes it does sort of feel like I'm Asia- aging backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I've had. So musically. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm doing an opera and I'm preparing a show with my band. Where's the show? Um, the show is, the show of my band is going to be at Rockwood Music Hall. Oh, great. great yeah. Great. November 15th at some point in the evening, probably 7 p.m. Yay. Hey. November. <laughs> Definitely November 15th though. Look November 15th at Rockwood Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Great venue. Yeah. Um. And the week before that, I'm supposed to be singing this workshop mm. for um, Cosmic Cowboy, which is basically an opera about <laughs> the Sumerian goddess of life, mm-hmm. who I will play. Oh, wow. Um, yes. And the Sumerians are the first human civilization, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, at least one of the oldest. Yes. Yes. yes basically. Okay. Um, and she... Um, she lives throughout like all eternity and meets a robot who's 10 years old Oh, and they like they have like a love for each other because neither one of them is really alive right (laughs) they're both kind of like like she's made of energy and he's uh, like you know this is fascinating yeah he's a robot (laughs) who who composed this opera Um, her name is Elena Ruer, um, <laughs> let me look at the email. Mm-hmm. Hold on, because mm-hmm. um, well, robot. I could tell you what her goddess. name is like mm-hmm. in a second. I know her name. Her first name is Elena. Okay, her last name is Ruer. 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 Elena yes. Ruer. She's a really sweet lady. I wish. I wish I could see you sing this. I mean, it's so cool because I love Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and it feels like I am like the Doctor. 
Oh, you cool. Know? So, That's awesome. And the robot's my companion for like a hot second. Then I have to kill somebody. Where are you workshopping <laughs> this? It's going to be in Boston. It's for okay. white white snake opera company. Cool. And Mimi, you grew yeah. up here in Brooklyn, right? Yes, I grew up here in Brooklyn. I had a brief stint in Florida when I was just the last. And then we moved right back to Brooklyn. Where in Brooklyn? <sighs> Okay, so I've lived in Midwood, uh-huh. um, and I've also lived in Mill Basin. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, in Mill Basin. So how has Brooklyn changed, in your opinion? I know this is very, very, very loaded. <laughs> I know I just opened up a can of worms. Well, no, not necessarily. Okay. I will say that what's what happens in Brooklyn is is what happened in Brooklyn is just really classic. We already have... The definitions for everything in like any books about, you know, any right. book that you will read about this kind of thing. Um, um, <clears throat> white flight. Yes. And then gentrification. Right. White flight in the 60s, right? Um, or the 70s. Well, I, the white flight basically always is happening mm. somewhere. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's not like, yeah, there was like a big that that what you're talking about really defined what people talk about like why brooklyn industries can have a company just based off the name of this place right is because of the name that this place created for itself in all like the race wars and riots right. and like biggie smells like all the crazy ass history that leads to people at least they used to be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm tough. Right, like right, it's, right. You know, because you know, everyone hated each other for a good long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up in that Brooklyn. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, OK, look, my <laughs> next door neighbor when I was a kid he used to call us the N word. and ah. She also drew, drew a yellow line in between our driveway so that we knew that we could not play on her side of the driveway oh my god which what a curmudgeon she could have been a curmudgeony like old lady but you know she was also pretty racist yeah and you know that as a kid you know you can feel it i mean i didn't really know well i guess i did know racism existed but i didn't really understand systemic racism mm. until i was in college mm. but anyway so um brooklyn has changed in that um when white flight basically when we were the black people that moved into the neighborhood that made all the white people want to leave mm. so we started the white flight i like to say <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting because it couldn't have been that long ago right um because I look so young. You, I mean, it was only like so five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little girl. <laughs> oh so these experiences, growing up in Brooklyn and finding yourself—well, not finding yourself—working really hard, discovering that you have like this one in a million talent. How does your experience growing up in Brooklyn form the music? that you're making or the artistry, this eclectic artistry that you have? Well, okay. So I would say that the part of myself as an artist that is shaped by Brooklyn is just the hustling part. Ah. It's just like, 
um, when I graduated from opera school, I was like, I'm definitely going to have a job singing. Uh-huh. And these are the people I know that can make that happen. It's not going to be opera right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to sit on my ass like everybody else. Like I can't I don't have a mixtape to hand out outside the subway. But I can like <laughs> go and ask these people that I know who are doing wedding gigs. You know, right. like that's that was my version of that. Like yeah. I had a totally different like I had a furnace in in my body or like a different digestive system like just for making it in some way as right. a musician right and like right, right. everything i did when i graduated opera school mm-hmm. was, was geared towards like just making money singing in some way right right so where do you see yourself in five years from now as an opera singer i think or any other any kind of singing not just opera. sometimes it's hard for me to have a very specific vision because I sing in so many different styles mm-hmm. that it's kind of mm-hmm. I'm like either something about the way that my band makes music will stick and will tour around the world because people will want to hear how we like um, infuse like opera with jazz and you know all these and soul music and all these different mm-hmm. styles how we put them together right because the way they arrange things is really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pod Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I They're really, identical twins. Yeah. It's a really cool vibe. It's, it's really kind of, cool. and it is hilarious that there are these um, white people that look exactly alike <laughs> that are standing like on either side of me. It's like, <laughs> um, they're, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of funny. But the arrangements are so great. There's, they're they're really well done. They're so talented. Whenever, I am performing with them. I'm just like, there always comes a moment where I'm looking at them. I'm like, you can really do that. Yeah. You can really do that. I know what it takes to play a piano, but you play it like that. Yeah. And they sing as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They sing. Adam does uh, most of the solo singing, but they can both like carry a note. Um, Where are they from? They're from Vermont. Oh, okay. 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 (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's. So you find yourself, I, this is a question that I wanted to pose that I want it to be like the crux of the mixed emotion. James, feel free to chime in. Mm-hmm. Um, so creativity. When you are in your creative process, whether it's learning a new song or whether it's working on a new monologue or whether it's putting something together, how do you navigate that creative space when you yourself are in a dark space. Okay. So for me personally, I wonder how you guys will feel about this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. People people always talk about how hard it is to be a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but also being a musician is its own medicine. So I, I honestly, like, I can't imagine being in a dark space without music. It might be the case that I it might be a situation where I need to look at what kind of music I I need to make at that time you know like it it might not be the stuff that I'm that I'm contracted to learn right you know it might be the stuff that I I'm working on a project right now Mm -hmm. for for myself essentially where I'm learning Haitian songs um I'm learning I'm learning them on the ukulele because that's very portable. Right. I mean, and the piano is like 
these these are folk songs. There's like two right. or three chords. It just feels so garbage. Like sit at the piano and play right. two chords over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm using the ook for that, but mm-hmm. um, it's like maybe I need to sit with my Haitian songs for a bit, or mm-hmm. maybe I just need to doodle or write something or use that other side of my creativity but i can't really navigate a dark space without my music because Mm -hmm. it is my medicine right so when you're in that space when you're in that darker space you use something that feels close to you like you're the haitian songs when you something that feels very very personal in order to sort of like feel like you're not getting bogged down you can still find that buoyancy within your creative process yeah it's something that's so near and dear to your your bones and your blood yeah and i mean it's connected to poetry Mm -hmm. and it's connected it's connected to so many different kinds of art right that it is it's just really a matter of of listening of listening to myself right I've been, I remember one time, okay, listen, I was like, <laughs> it was a few years ago. I was like 10 years old. <laughs> I had a crush on this guy. I don't know. I, it was, I was in um, music school. I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a young man. He was a few years younger than me. And it was like so embarrassing, but he was also so fine. He was so fine to me. Mm -hmm. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But I did all, whatever. I, we pretended like we were friends for a very long time. And then. What happened, girl? We did. What happened? We did grow up. You did, grown up <laughs> <laughs> you did grow up things. You did grow up things. Okay. And, and our friendship like immediately fell apart. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like tender meat just falls right off the bone. Like yeah. it's just like that will happen. Just fell yeah. yeah. Over just and done. Fell apart, right? Right. And I thought it was so funny that I allowed myself to get so wrapped in this situation. Yeah. I woke up the next day after we like we finally we had a talk, like laid everything on the table, yeah. decided that he was garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then like I woke up the next day just like laughing because yeah. I thought it was all so funny. Yeah. And then I wrote like three songs mm-hmm. and I like it was just that situation gave me songs yeah. yeah yeah and I can't like that was any situation that inspires you to do something yeah. creatively that you've never done before or that you're trying to explore more of is such a blessing such a blessing that's yes and I'm finding myself currently in that space where I have all of this creative energy as I'm transitioning out of a relationship Mm -hmm. I'm transitioning into like a different part of my life and music art 
and understanding that these dark times are actually the most transformative times. Yeah. Like yeah. you grow so much and it's hard because you're dealing with the heartache and you're dealing with, you know, all the other emotions that are swirling inside of you. But there's also, it's also kicking up a lot. Yeah. And it's such a special, hard lesson. Yeah. But it's also the thing about these times is that they're sticky, you know, like good times, happy times. They're just, they're, they're lighter. Those memories mm -hmm. just feel lighter. They're not as, they're just like buoyant and sweet, but this is like the work mm -hmm. and it feels like work. And I haven't been in this kind of space in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's palpable, you yeah. know, you yeah. can feel it, but it's also very, um, life affirming yeah. in a lot of ways. James thoughts. I mean, yeah, I feel similarly, you know, I'm, was explaining earlier how I've been feeling just kind of lost in the process of auditioning and getting all of these close calls and you know that compounded with the survival job that is killing me you know uh, it's it's so exhausting quit and, it and quit it I, I know I know shitty I know. jobs are easy to come <laughs> by just fucking quit get another shitty job right right I'm, I'm also he's right <laughs> one thing I'm also realizing I had to reconcile was the fact I, I think I'm an introvert extrovert and having that kind of job where I'm serving for nine hours and you know it's like nonstop interaction with people and then I have to go home and, and be inside and be alone for a full day to recover and it leaves very little room for any kind of creative process Oof. but one interesting byproduct of this time is I've notice a lot of like foundational stuff that you have like, to work on no no no. like uh writing i've been writing again like you need to be writing, writing all the time sorry not to be the older sister who's uh, like, no, but like like i've been i've been writing my <laughs> own this. like uh one man show that i've been working on and cool. uh it's been like a, a passion project i've had in my head for a while that's actually flowing out now yes. like it's it's like the characters are developing and i've been there's a script and like suddenly I, you know, I'm sending it to friends and they're telling me to submit it to, you know, these uh, fringe festivals and off, off Broadway and things. Yeah. Why the hell not? I mean, so it's been good. So you're, you're not allowing fear to control you, which is trying not to. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, cause what's the point? What's the point in letting those fears just dominate your creative process? Right. It makes absolutely zero sense. Yes. But I also think it's important. I mean, this is something that I've, because I, I started doing martial arts like two years ago. Oh. So like um, it's something it's that I very recently started to understand more deeply is that you're bringing who you are into everything you do creatively at all times. And that means like if you're frustrated or if there's something that feels imperfect or something that feels bad, you're also letting that into your creative process because you're not actually going for perfection. You're not actually aiming for flawlessness because obviously art is about truth in some ways. I mean, in most ways. And all people care about is the most honest thing. Mm -hmm. So true. Um and so when you're when you're experiencing those feelings, it's important to somehow let it in to the work, mm -hmm. whether or not it's um, whether or not you don't have to say this man in the show was scared that day. Like <laughs> maybe yeah. not. Maybe that's not how it shows up. But in some way, it's much more 
it's much worse for you not to let in everything that you're feeling not you have to you have to show who you are you yeah. have to show the people how you feel because then that brings a level of authenticity yeah if, yeah if you're yeah. allowing yourself to feel those things mm-hmm. you're absolutely right acknowledge fear yeah i mean it's, Lord Jesus. it is like one of the hardest the most one of the most difficult emotions that we that we spar with but it it it's just it also makes you so relatable makes you so mm-hmm. real it's like it dictates so much it, those negative emotions dictate so much of our lives and if you yeah. don't investigate them they're going to destroy you yeah you know it really and you just keep coming back to also, them also if you're if you're afraid not to share them mm-hmm. it also as an artist at least it takes down it's like using it's like singing with half your voice only yeah. singing with the chiaro no scuro yeah, it's no, like mm-hmm. it's just like half it's hollow it's two it's dimensions mm-hmm. yeah it's it's light yeah yeah it's light and no one wants to go see a show and feel like oh well that was light yeah you know well unless it's like a comedy but even if a, a well, good comedy yeah. has I mean, some scudo to it right. exactly you know? we like dark comedies over yeah here. we do <laughs> yeah. i loved this mixed emotion thank you guys it was wonderful yeah. so now we're going on to our mixed media which we decided was either about ghosts or squirrels <laughs> <laughs> got a lot to say about that we have we, so <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you like to start with? I think we should start with ghosts because it is the month of spooky October. <laughs> I don't know. It's like more Gregorian chant. The, the ghost of John. John. Long white bones with the skin all gone. Ooh, ooh. Did you ever sing that song? That must have been the Wisconsin thing. What? It's a really it's a really creepy song they taught us like in the in, third grade, in the third grade. In music class. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea why they did that. So, James, <laughs> ghosts. Have you seen a ghost? Uh, I don't know if I have seen a ghost or if I have inherited the Robertson night terror, uh, seeing a haunt in the middle of a haint. The, in the, the middle southern of the black side of our family, they have, they have a tendency <laughs> to see um, scary haints in the middle of the night. So my mother. Or it's a night terror. We don't know. Yeah, our mother has night terrors. My grandfather <laughs> had night terrors and somebody up the line also had night terrors but explain what a haint is a haint well my, my grandmother used to tell this story a haint is derivative of a haunt haunt which is a ghost mm-hmm. and she grew up in arkansas before you and uh she said that our <laughs> our great grandfather was in a wagon going down a country road and he saw a haint jumping up through the trees and so he saw a ghost jumping and through the trees, I remember being so scared of that story when I was a kid. Well, that's but horrifying. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, my personal inner or possible encounter with the haint was when I was living alone in Madison, Wisconsin. And, you know, most of the time when I have, would have, a, when I have night terrors, like it, I'm awake and it's there for two seconds and it's gone. It's mm-hmm. just like a little, you know, like, like blip and I'll see like spiders or like, you know, sh- like shadow things in nope. the room. Right. Spiders, definitely but, evil. Yes. But, but this time I woke up and I remember vividly, like I remember, because you can ask my mother, I called her, I called, you know, I called my sisters to see if I could stay with them that night because I was so scared. I woke up and <laughs> I remember I fell asleep with the TV on and I felt the blanket being pulled from the bottom of the bed 
it was like like a just a little blanket and I it fell on the ground and then as if something was rising up out of the blanket the, the blanket went up in the air like somebody was standing beneath it and I went yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an appropriate response. I'm feeling that way right now. Shit, you not? I ran out of my apartment. It was screaming in the hallway. My neighbors probably thought I was getting murdered in there. <laughs> I <laughs> they, no, your neighbors are like, "What are you shut the fuck up?" <laughs> yeah. And so that I went back in and called my mom, and it was very. You know, like I remember vividly to this day, and I'm trying to think that apartment building got torn down. It doesn't exist anymore. There's a there's a double tree hotel where oh, it, it is to this day. It was like a nineteen early nineteen seventies building, mm. and it's gone now. It's gone now, and wow, yeah. You mean wow. what about you, ghosts? Oh well, there's so many, right? Ghosts Top. of my past. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts of Christmas present. Like, why do I keep reliving this cycle? Oh, you know, listen, hamster, listen, hamster, girl. There's yes. ghosts and there's ghosts. That's true. Um, yeah, and we're in Halloween time, so you know, listen, the ghosts are back. They are popping. The cycle continues. Ugh. The karmic hamster wheel of suffering. <laughs> yep. You say, I'm not dating my father again. <laughs> <laughs> then the next thing you know. <laughs> anyway, here it comes <laughs> around the corner. Rising from the dead. <laughs> it just It's like fucking inevitable. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> there's also paranormal ghosts. The paranormal so okay i haven't okay i haven't seen a ghost since the days of my youth but which were only like five years ago two years ago (laughs) 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 but i remember being in high school and just knowing there was a ghost in my house because there'd be nobody home we'd be sitting downstairs and we'd hear footsteps upstairs Mm And sometimes I would be sitting in my room and this is what makes me think like it maybe it wasn't a ghost, but I would be sitting in my room and my headboard would start shaking or the door would start shaking and there would be a beat and the beat was like, boom, 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 which it was obviously from the Caribbean. Right. Like how could you even ask that? It's a Jamaican beat. I love it. <laughs> that was not where I thought it was in the go, but I love, I, not, I love that it went there. I like this ghost. It's a sprightly, literally a sprite. <laughs> but like sometimes I thought I would hear it like whisper my name really fast. And one day I was like, I was just like, can you stop? I just, I just decided to get very direct. Did it yeah. stop? It, okay. To my recollection, it stopped. Mm-hmm. But then one day my mom asked me if I, if my friend Elena came inside the house at some point or if I, if I stayed home, if I left for school later that day mm-hmm. because she had a dream that somebody was like, mommy, are you, are you asleep now? <gasps> and then she had like a dream of like these two girls living in the house and the mom being like super abusive to them and like 
all these horrible things. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my so we really like after that we're like, okay, there's probably some ghosts up in this bitch. Let's <laughs> leave. <laughs> and you lived happily ever and, after. Yeah. No. No more ghosts. Since then, I haven't experienced any, but okay. they're probably real. Yeah. No, they're definitely real. I can tell you, I. I saw the same ghost twice, and it was when I was in middle school. Um, she was very tall, and I'm pretty sure she was my great-grandmother on the Irish side, one of the McCarthy's. Ooh. And the energy was like, she was so tall, and she was wearing like Victorian like clothing. Mm. And she would only visit me at night, but I felt like she was she was just curious. Like she had materialized and she just wanted to like see me, you know? Wow. And why I could you? really, I don't know why. And I, and it would freak me out. I used to put the blanket over my head and say, go away, go away. Would she leave go or was she like, shut up? And then she would go. Oh, okay. But it was like this big, it was definitely female. It was definitely like, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was dangerous, mm. but it was very clear she wanted to visit me. Or maybe I was the only one who was receptive mm. because I'm very, oh. very sensitive and I'm like an artist and I was probably right. the right age mm. where, but sh maybe she didn't know that I was a huge scary cat. You know, I have to say these ghosts are so respectful of your wishes. Yeah. Like, Can you go? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, God. no, she yeah. left. She went like, and there was no like, there was no like vicious negative energy like when i pulled the blanket down gone you mm. know but definitely it felt like she was watching me mm. more than anything else and it was only in my parents house only mm. it wasn't anywhere else it was wow. in the house and i remember looking at pictures like you know those pictures that mm. are in the um the dining room mm -hmm. the tiny one of her it was totally her mm. the one that looked the Great grandmother looks like Katie. Gotcha. A bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that's my ghost story. And then a couple of like eighteen months ago, like I heard a voice and I know exactly who it was, and it was like very, very, very um, direct. Mm. And they t gave me a very direct message, and I, I feel like. Um, yeah, that person's presence was around during What they time. say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. <clears throat> it's I can't say. But it was very, okay. very, very clear. Um, and I relayed the message. She's like, but you need to change your bed sheets or you're just going to keep getting acne. And it was Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Oprah. <laughs> she right, though. She right. Okay, um, so let's say if you were reincarnated. Uh-huh. Um, what would you come back as? Oh, if I was reincarnated, I'd probably come back as some kind of oceanic creature. I oh. feel like some, I mean, I just feel like that's a space that I need to explore and that I'm terrified of exploring. I'm, I'm a very, very good swimmer, but I'm scared of like the deep blue. And I feel mm. like karmically, like I would just... I would come back as like a sperm whale or something. Wow. Because I'm so afraid of, I'm good at swimming, but I'm so afraid of water. Even mm, with like the yeah. microplastics and stuff in the ocean? Yeah, I would live to be like, I wouldn't live to be a very old sperm whale. What about you? <laughs> oh, well, I would either be an apple, but like from 
I think we're we're the first apples created, like somewhere like in <laughs> cock. Mesopotamia? No, no, no. <laughs> it's like Uzbekistan or something. Oh, that's where like yeah. the first apple trees were. But like, I don't want to be your Red Delicious. <laughs> I don't want to be your Granny Smith. Okay, I want to be one of these out freaking rageous species of apples oh. that just. <laughs> that just were like in existence because it was like oh look at this biodiversity we out here i would have been like a purple apple yeah somewhere at like one of the top most branches of a poppin ass ancient tree <laughs> or <laughs> there's more i want to be a rich that. person's dog oh yes which is what i this is yes. why when you said oprah i was like what do you want to be when you come back i, I want to be oprah's puppy because you don't have to talk to anybody you, you could just, just eat whatever you want receive cuddles what receive about one of the queen's uh corys Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah well, well, I feel like it's cold in that palace. I'm sorry. But the dogs are comfortable. Oh, that's yeah. true. You know, yeah. like without a doubt, no matter how cold it is, the dogs are thought of. That's true. I mean, come you're on. right. You, 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 you <laughs> can, right. You can like um, <laughs> enjoy the splendors of like colonialism and imperialism <laughs> without being directly like responsible for it. <laughs> Like a total <laughs> guilt-free existence. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. James, you. Hmm. Oh, I don't... I don't know. Uh, either a... Like you, like a sea turtle or... That's cute. A monarch yeah. butterfly because that uh, path they take from mm -hmm. Canada down to the Gulf of Mexico is just so... Can you imagine that? Like yeah. the life and like seeing the, the seasons change and being in that group of just like monarchs going taking the airstreams across mm. like the world yeah that's you know? amazing and having that in that intuitive intelligence and of knowing know what you're supposed to I'm do so when you're supposed to do it right yeah. that's wow i love that wow so cool yeah. that would be freaking dope that would yeah, be dope. yeah dope life is dope you two are dope mimi thank you so much thank, thank you. you so much yeah. for being on our podcast Let's give her another round of applause <laughs> Can you uh, say your all of your Instagram, all of your social media, everything that you want to share? Yes. Well, I am the last Mimi on Instagram. A lot of people's grandmas are called Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the last Mimi. It's perfect. Um, am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? <laughs> Um, my band is Mimi and the Pod Brothers. Um, Mimi and the Pods on Instagram. That's with two Ds. And I uh, don't use Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I probably won't accept your friend request on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank A million you so times much. thank yeah. you. And follow us at Mixed Emotions Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.